Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. In week 13 of the NFL season is almost wrapped up. We've got an AFC East matchup between the Bills and the Patriots on Monday night football. And if you want to place a bet on the NFL action, betonline.ag is the place to do it. Big shout out to Bet Online, whatever sport you want to bet on, whether it's baseball, football, soccer, hockey, it really doesn't matter. Make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. Head to the new and updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, Victory Monday tastes all yes, that sir. much sweeter yes, after a victory over the Baltimore Ravens. How are you doing this morning, my man? Yes, sir. We talked about this earlier last week. We felt like it was going to be a close game. Again, I had the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Baltimore Ravens, and they wind up pulling off that in victory Monday because I am in the 412, so I'm rocking the 412. Victory Monday is always sweet, especially when you beat the Baltimore Ravens. I, I'm going to go right into it, into my theory. Likely Big Ben's final time playing the Ravens at Heinz mm-hmm. Field, and he goes out victorious. I think this news leak was deliberate. I think the team needed the emotional boost especially going up against your division rival in the Ravens as well. News came out Saturday that it's likely Big Ben's final season. It's no surprise, year 18, age 39, final year of his contract. But I can't help but think that this was done deliberately to just take the Steelers over the top and to get them ready for Sunday's game, a team in need of a boost, in need of a jolt, and they got it done in what will probably be the final time Big Ben plays the Ravens at Heinz Field. See, I disagree with that, Mark. Okay, I okay. Think, Bring yeah, it. I think he, he's been playing up and down. He hasn't been playing consistent. And there's been talks either he needs to um, co- – what, what Coach Tomlin is going to do? Will he sit him? Um, will he adjust? What's the move? So uh, the leak was, you know what? I'm just going to say this is my last show. I'm going to retire. The front office was like, we're not, we wasn't going to bring you back anyway next year. So that's that's just my personal opinion on, on what was done, what was said. I think it was said for a reason. But um, seven, seven on mine leaking stuff out like that to make himself look good. I don't know. Look, future Hall of Famer, Ike, and 10 game-winning drives against the Ravens, most of any quarterback against one team. I, I hear what you're saying, and I know the NFL is a league of what have you done for me lately. And, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit after the win, but no interceptions again, which is really the key. 
no turnovers and able to get it done. And I, it was the hurry up offense. I know we always talk about establishing the ground game. Steelers have had the most success running the hurry up offense, which was a concern of mine considering in the first half of this game, Steelers only held the ball for six minutes and 25 seconds. So I even tweeted this out during the game. I'm like, if this trend continues in the second half, the Ravens are going to absolutely smoke the Steelers in the second half. Steelers corrected things a little bit because they had the ball total for the game, 23 minutes and 30 seconds. So not quite as drastic if you look at the first half, second half splits, because we know that Lamar Jackson company and the Ravens can run the football. Yeah, Mark. Um, but if you look at it, we, we we talk about Ben not throwing the ball more than 30 times. He threw it 31 times. He had some key plays. Um, he, 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 he had some drops, too, by his receiver. So the score could have been a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? But we, we always felt when it's 30 and 30. What we mean by that is you run the ball 30 times and Ben throw under 30 times. Pittsburgh still is a, have, a, have a pretty decent record, and they're always putting themselves in position to win the ball game, and that's exactly what it happened against the Baltimore Ravens. They, they, they ran down there 30 times, and they threw it 31 times. So that's a perfect scenario when it comes down to a balanced offense. I like how you specify what the Steelers 30 for 30 is. We're not talking about the ESPN documentary. Right. We're not talking about the Jameis Winston touchdown interception ratio. We're talking about the run pass play split of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I want to get to the drops in just a second because Deontay Johnson redeemed himself in this game right. after dropping what would have been a touchdown early on in the game. But I wanted to ask you, what did you make of Mike Tomlin's comments saying, Hopefully we made those Steelers alumni proud tonight with our effort. Um, he understand what it is to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. He understand the tradition. He understand we, in the early 2000s, we tried to mimic what them boys, them legends did in the 70s. He understand when you go on the second floor on the south side of Pittsburgh, the 412, when you see them six trophies in that trophy case, what it means to the city, what it means to the organization, what it means to the former and future player. He understand what it is to be a Pittsburgh still a coach. He understand what it is to 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 live in the community, to see the seasons, the seasons in Pittsburgh, to see the to see the summer, the wing, the the winter, the spring, the fall. He understands that part. He understands Pittsburgh is a blue-collar, hard-working city. He understands there's nothing flashy about Pittsburgh. You know what I'm saying? He understands the grit. He understands the blue-collar, hard workers in Pittsburgh. That's what he understands. So when he was talking about the alumni, us, he's not only talking about the alumni from, from a football standpoint. He was talking about the alumni and what the, and what the city brings and how the city feels. And on a Monday, a victory Monday, the city is, is all up in arms uh, uh, everybody's happy, and when you lose, it feel like Gotham City. That's that's what Coach T is talking about. You got to have a lot of pride when you put that Pittsburgh still look jersey on. You got to have a lot of pride when you put that helmet on. It got to mean something to you. So that's what he's talking about, and that's and that's the message he was trying to send in my mind to the team. And I, the win was pretty much it was a must win game for the Steelers. Correct. They go into the game with less than a 10% chance of making the playoffs. Had they lost, that number would have gone down to about 3%. With the win, it goes up to 17%. So they're still in the hunt. And at least for one more week, the Steelers remain in that conversation for the playoffs. Now, we are going to talk about the heroics of TJ Watt. I want to give a shout out to the rest of the defensive line. Chris Wormley with two and a half sacks against his former team. Seven sacks against the Ravens, the most for the Steelers since week two of the 2020 season when the Steelers had seven sacks 
against the the Denver Broncos. But another guy on the offensive side of the ball, we have to give praise to Deontay Johnson. And he had a key drop early on in the game. And anyone who might not be as familiar this year, Johnson did have problems hanging on to the football last season. This season, he's been terrific. He's the only receiver entering week 13 with – uh, with, with he had more than 100 targets and only one drop. There's no other receiver who's been able to do that. So when he dropped what would have been a touchdown early in the game, it's like, oh, man, you know, this team needs to take uh, take advantage of every opportunity it has. It, it just, you know, the offense and the struggles that the offense has had, they can't afford to miss out on. They need every break that they can get. But after that play, Johnson played out of his mind. And to finish with two touchdowns in the game, he had 105 yards on eight receptions too. I thought he did a really nice job overcoming a key drop early in the game to still contribute and put the the Steelers in a position to win later in the game. Mr. Electric, Mr. If you take me off of the field, Pittsburgh still is just like a Pittsburgh, regular Pittsburgh still offense. Mr. If you need a big play, highlight me number 18, Deontay Jones. Mr. Man, I can take a slant 80 yards to the house. Mr. 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 Clutch, Mr. Y'all did drop a ball, but if you look at from what I came from from last year to this year, I, I think y'all will see a, a whole lot of improvement. Mr. Man, I can't wait to get paid. Mr. I am Mr. Pittsburgh. That's Deontay Johnson. Mr. I did go to a small school, so I understand what it is to play and catch in the cold weather. That's Deontay Johnson. Mr. Man, I'm having a whole lot of fun out there. That's Deontay Johnson. Mr. I understand the rivalry. That's Deontay Johnson. Mr. Ben, Mr. Ben, if you need some help and every time you need to play, holler at me. That's Deontay Johnson. <laughs> Ike, you're trying to get me to spit out my water. I know every time I take a, a swig to reset, you're trying to get me to spit it out. You almost my got bad. me. My bad. <laughs> no, no, honestly, it would make for you got to do it for the pod, Ike. You got to do it for the pod. Um, and see, well, now you've derailed at any point I want to bring up. Oh, here, here we go. Um, Chris Boswell <laughs> as well. See, I keep derailed the whole show. Chris Boswell has been one of the NFL's best kickers uh, in the league this year. And he made a 53-yarder. He made a 43-yarder. But his missed extra point very nearly cost the Steelers. And then when Pittsburgh took the lead in the fourth quarter and he kicks the ball out of bounds and the Ravens can start it at the 40-yard line, they've only got to go down the field 60 yards to get a touchdown, they end up going for two, which we'll talk about here in a second on Taylor Talk. But we love Chris Boswell. Uh, you know, I think he should be a Pro Bowl, or I think Deontay Johnson should be a Pro Bowl, or I predicted that Johnson would be before the start of the season. But I, I, I've got to call it how it is. Chris Boswell had the worst game of his season. I hope that it, it doesn't dwell upon him or anything. But that missed extra point very nearly cost the Steelers. And late in the game, too, that Pratt Fryermuth two-point conversion after Deontay Johnson's second touchdown reception, that was a huge play as well in Sunday's victory for Pittsburgh. Yeah, Bozzi get a mulligan for me because he's been Mr. Clutch pretty much the whole season. You want to talk about somebody who's the MVP just overall between TJ um, TJ Watt when he's healthy, Cam Hayward or Bozzi. It's, it's one of them three. So, Bozzy, Bozzy get this mulligan. Uh, luckily, the Pittsburgh Steelers did, Pittsburgh Steelers did overcome a few a few uh, missed points and kicking the ball out of bounds. But other than that, I just take this one. I give Bozzy a watch because, for me, in my mind, just missed the consistent. Um, if it's anybody who has been consistent over the course of this time during the season, it has been Boswell. 
Is there anything else you want to get to Ike, with this game before we get to that two-point conversion attempt by the Ravens for Taylor Talk? No, I, I agree with you, what you said earlier. Pittsburgh still just needed this game. You know, AFC North game, divisional game. Yeah. Um, they definitely needed this game. They was down, uh, they was down earlier. Uh, they overcame. They fought. They did exactly what I thought they would do. So for me, man, I'm just happy to Pittsburgh still is. And I'm in a 4-1-2 right now, slinging cigars, but it's Victory Monday. Where did you where did you watch the game, Mike? So they, they got a, a cigar lounge called Rocky Patel Burns. And it's like a couple of blocks right down the right down the stadium. So um, I was slinging cigars as well, watching the game and just, you know, being a fan, uh, enjoying myself with the fans. Also, networking, slinging these one-of-a-kind cigars. <laughs> He's rocking the one-of-a-kind T-shirt for anyone listening to the Believe It Steelers podcast. All right, let's go to Taylor Talk, Ike. And this footage, courtesy of NFL Game Pass, Ravens score on a Sammy Watkins touchdown pass. They trail 20 to 19, and they decide to go for the two-point conversion. On brand for the Ravens, they're known for doing this in third and short, fourth and short scenarios, saying, hey, let's go for it, let's go for it. But it was Lamar Jackson's pass just beyond the outstretched arms of Mark Andrews, and we're going to pull up the clip now here, Ike. What did you see on this play? We're going to break this down. It was what I thought was a brilliant play designed by uh, uh, John Harbaugh, Greg Roman, and company with the Ravens. But what did you see here, Ike? Man, first of all, I, I agree with you. I thought it was a heck of a play call, one. Um, and, you know, Coach Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson, man, them two, they just always on the same page. And he really do trust and have a lot of confidence during crunch time for Lamar Jackson, and he believes in him 100%. Now, on this play, if you just look up top, Mark, you know how I feel. And you play football, you play a little cornerback back in your day. It's something called press coverage. So you got the two between the corner and the safety up top, man. I feel like one have to be in press coverage. And the reason why I do like press coverage, it alters routes. And when I used to play, when I used to get in press coverage, for me, in my mind, you're only going to give me two routes. You're either going to give me a fade or you're going to give me a slant. So basically, I'm just trying to take everything out the wide receiver route tree and help myself knowing the two routes that can possibly come. So I, I felt like one of the guys up top should have been press coverage to knock everything off. Um, we used to call it a high-low. I mean, if you want if you want to press the guy on on the ball, even though you can press him on the ball, but you got the guy sitting in the slot. So that's just what it is. You always want to disrupt the timing, so say, between the receivers and the and, and the quarterback. Now at the bottom, um, I understand Sutton is just sitting outside. He has body position by by Minka Fitzpatrick. So I understand that part. I don't want him pressing because if he press, man, the market just throw a fade to the back of the pile line. Sitting at, a, sitting at that position, so I get why he's off right now. Now, on this play, <clears throat> my personal opinion, I think they're playing man coverage. And for me, with that draw and this fake, I think Minka Fitzpatrick got caught <laughs> got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. His man is Mark Andrews, you know what I'm saying? But between that draw fake, uh, he kind of bit the cheese, so Satan. Just like Coastal Bo said, man, your eyes can be your best friend or your worst enemy. Luckily for Minka, you know, the play wound up being what it was. But if you just look at T.J. Watt, man, this guy has been, when he's played, 16 and a half, you know, sacks in 10 games, man. He he has a case. He just hasn't been consistent for the defensive player of the year. Now, he's playing three guys. If you just look at it, and I might not look at it. So you got Mark Andrews coming his way. He's playing the draw, and he's also playing Lamar. Now, you got a guy, it's three on one. 
and he's going to wind up making this play. Now, if we can just run this play, he's going to alter Lamar Jackson and make him step up in the pocket, and he can't deliver an accurate pass. But I think from the get-go, if Minka Fitzpatrick had his eyes on the ball, that would have been – had his eyes on this man, which is Mark Andrews, uh, T.J. Watt would have sacked him regardless. But T.J. Watt, man, every time you're looking for a play, every time you need a play, he's always there making a play. Yeah, I, what I would say, too, is when Andrews comes across the formation against a pocket passer quarterback, you might want to have your end chip the tight end Andrews in this circumstance before he can just run free into the flat. But if, if Watt were to have done that and just stuck a shoulder in in Andrews, Lamar you're giving up the corner to Lamar Jackson, and he's going to get that all Easy. day and twice on Sunday. He's the fastest quarterback in the league. So the split-second reaction Watt makes on this play is unbelievable because coming across the formation, like you said, this is Minka Fitzpatrick's man. When I first watched this, Ike, at first I was like, well, wait a second. Is is, is Andrews getting passed off to Devin Bush when he goes in motion? But it, it sounds like it was Minka who's, and you can understand why. Minka Fitzpatrick wants to stop the run if Jackson does, in fact, give the ball to the running back, which, again, goes back to my original point. This was a beautifully designed play. The Ravens just didn't execute. Man, if you look at this end zone copy right here, it just showed T.J. Watt did something coaches try to teach their defensive ends all the time when you got a guy like uh, a, Lamar, a Lamar Jackson in a way he can scramble and cause havoc and make yards running. He took his top field shoulder. So Lamar wasn't able to to to, to loop and come around or, or, or run a boot. He had to step up. Now, TJ already knew that he had guys sitting in the middle that's going to come stepping up. So if you look at it right here, man, probably from the side angle, you can see TJ Watt, man, taking the upfield shoulder, making Lamar Jackson step up into the line of fire. And that's the old slogan that you always tell me, too, Ike. You lose contain, you lose the game. And against Jackson, too, rolling out to his throwing hand as well. I mean, he's he's won an MVP trophy on his ability to do that. And it says, hey, you know, you've got to be able to make a play when it counts. And sometimes rather lucky than good, Ike. The Steelers able to get the stop. And we said this before the start of the podcast, too, Ike. And this was a theme throughout football all this weekend's college pro what have you game of inches and that's the difference between the Steelers keeping their season alive for at least one more week and really if they lose this game if Andrews gets that two-point conversion good luck making the playoffs if if Pittsburgh would have gone on and lost this game yeah one game at a time that's how Pittsburgh I look at it really every game for Pittsburgh is a Super Bowl game at this point in time you know they're they're the hunt, winning this game against the Baltimore Ravens definitely kept them in the hunt. But right now, every game, um, and they got a game coming up Thursday. We'll talk about that later. But every game for the Pittsburgh Steelers is a Super Bowl. 100%, Ike. And again, that footage courtesy of NFL Game Pass. We're going to take a quick break here to tell our viewers and listeners about our newest sponsor, Lightbox, Ike. And it's the time of year. It's the holiday season. You might be thinking about popping the big question to your significant other might just want to get them some new jewelry. And so Lightbox lets people do this all over the world. They've got cutting edge technology and innovative techniques. And they've cracked the science of the sparkle, creating the highest quality lab grown diamonds you can find at a light price of $800 per carat. It ain't a thing. If you're looking for some blank, make sure y'all go to Lightbox and get your significant other 
some bling bling baby this is the best ad read we've had ike visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping that's lightboxjewelry.com lightbox diamonds never a dull moment ike other week 13 nfl observations i tell you what justin herbert can hit i don't know if you saw that tackle you used the word wham and it wasn't even on an interception that he threw he completes the pass to austin eckler eckler fumbles the ball i don't want to see my franchise quarterback lay in the wood like that very often i want to keep his shoulders healthy but man i like justin herbert the quarterback are we sure he shouldn't be playing linebacker if you look at his size, you're talking about a kid who's six 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 five, down there, 250 pounds. I know this ain't 230 or something, but when it comes down to December, man, them guys pick up between 15 to 20 pounds. That's just what it is. He, he, you know, that 230 might have been 230 for training camp, him coming off a fresh offseason looking good and slim. But you want to talk about a mentality. Man, he's setting the tone. He's setting the tempo for his team. So his his homeboys on defense, especially guys on offense, you know, if my quarterback would have hit somebody like that, I'm like, man, I got me a good one. Now, do I want you to do that ever again? Hell no. You all the franchise quarterback. I do not need you in that kind of line of fire. But the fact that you did put that thing on tape and you did display you're not scared of nothing and you will stick your nose in the fan, I'm riding with you 24-7. Hey, FaceTime versus FaceTime, as you like to say, Ike. And I think the Chargers for taking care of the Bengals helps us out in Pittsburgh in the ASC North race. So thank you to the Chargers for taking care of business Sunday. Also, the Lions will not go winless. They win at the buzzer against the Minnesota Vikings. We're going to be breaking down Steelers and Vikings here in just a bit. But I wasn't surprised, Ike, because the way that the Lions have played this season, they almost beat the Steelers in that tie earlier this year. They probably should have beaten the Ravens, if not for a 66-yard NFL record field goal from Justin Tucker. So I'm glad we could put this narrative to bed of will we have a winless team in the first 17-game season because I know that the Lions aren't very good, but the way that they've played, they're not as bad as some of the teams that have gone winless in this league. They, they lost some just really, really close games, and then they were finally able to get it done on Sunday. And I, I know our guys over at the Believe in the Lions podcast, Ike, they weren't just doing cartwheels with the victory. They're doing backflips. They were so happy. So the Lions finally get a victory in the Dan Campbell era. Yeah, it was just a matter of time for the Lions to get a, a, a dub, man. If you just look at what the Lions been doing, man, they, they've been playing tough, but they only been t- playing tough damn near for three quarters. And it seems like they're always running out of gas. Now, they're very tough. They're gritty. They're their coach's personality. They're a ball fight kind of team. It's just, you know, they, they, they've been finding ways to lose the ball game and they can't find a way to close the ball game. But luckily this Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings, you know, them boys got their first win and they deserve it. But at the same time, you you just knew it was a matter of time. The Lions wasn't going to go not winning a football game this 17-game season. Ike, a few other NFL observations and then briefly we'll get to college. Um The Chiefs seem to be back. They take care of business against the Broncos. And this Chiefs defense, the last several weeks, it was a Swiss cheese defense early on in the year. All of a sudden, and it's really been since they brought in Melvin Ingram. So Chiefs fans, you can thank the Steelers for helping improve your pass rush. Now, I know the Chiefs had a lot of injuries on the defensive front too. But the Chiefs seem to be back now. And I don't know if I would put them as the prohibitive favorite in the AFC, but I thought they were done this year. I really did. I thought it was like, I, are they even going to make the playoffs? And now 
they've won several games in a row. And, and really, like, I, I know you've got Tyree Kill and Kelsey and Mahomes on offense, but this defense in the last several weeks has played a lot better football, and they were able to get it done Sunday night against Denver. Well, you know, you know Pat, Patrick Mahomes haven't been that Patrick Mahomes that we're accustomed of seeing. Since week six, the, the Kansas City Chiefs defense is 13.7. That's how many points they're giving up. They number one in the league giving up points since we six. Then then it's the then it's the Pats. Then after the Pats, it's the Dolphins. So the Kansas City Chiefs, man, they made some major adjustments on the defensive side. And when you're giving up 13.7 points a game, as Coach Tomlin would like to say, man, you're cooking with gas. You're giving your offense, you're giving your team. Uh, a, a huge opportunity to win a lot of ball games, and that's exactly what the Kansas City Chiefs are doing right now on a five-game winning streak. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then Minshew Mania in Philly. And I tell you what, I less than a million dollars per year, Eagles backup quarterback. I know he's filling in for Jalen Hurts. He played awfully well. I know it's against the Jets, but I got to give credit where credit is due. He reminds me of a younger version of the bearded wonder, Ryan Fitzmagic. Fitzpatrick. Am I crazy to see the parallel there? Get out my damn dome, Mark. Get out my head, bro. You was thinking the same thing I was thinking. You know what I'm saying? I was about to say that, but you wind up saying it before me, man. But that's exactly who you remind you. The boy just got swag. You know what I'm saying? Regardless on whether he plays good or bad, he just going to be like, man, F it. I'm going to play me some football, whether y'all like me or not. And that's just what it is. And you saw his team rally around him. So he's been a starter in the league. He's just been Mr. Consistent when it came down to the Jacks. I mean, Mr. Inconsistent when it came down to the Jacksonville Jaguars. But you're talking about a guy who can come in and win a few games as a backup. That's definitely Minshew. College football, Ike. Uh, We both watched that Big 12 championship game, Game of Inches. (laughs) And it oh, came yeah. down to Oklahoma State not able to punch it in against Baylor. And the Baylor defensive back, Ike, six-year senior, a walk-on player when he started his career. The Baylor Bears were 1-11 during his redshirt freshman season. And that, that's what college football is all about. And I know you started your college career at Louisiana Lafayette as a walk-on player as well. I, I thought that was the best game this weekend was that Baylor-Oklahoma State game. And if not for a few inches, the Oklahoma State Cowboys could have very well been in the college football playoff. They come up just short in what was a terrific game on Saturday. Shout out to the Raging Cajun for winning the Sun Belt Championship. Big shout out to Coach Bill Napier for for taking the coach and taking this program to a whole nother level. Um, Congrats on moving forward. Now he will be the Florida Gators football head coach. But you want to talk about just a whole playoff view on a sample size of what we're going to see for the playoffs for college between that Baylor and the Oklahoma State game. That was a heck of a game because you and I was pretty much going back and forth on the, on the Twitter. So I guess who's watching the same game. And you want to talk about a game of inches. That's exactly what Coastal Ball always say. If you look at that Mark Andrews, him coming up short against the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's a game of inches. When you look at the Ohio, the Oklahoma State running back trying to beat the Baylor safety to that sideline, and he came up an inch short, it's a game of inches. And that's what it is around this time in December when it comes down to football. It's always going to be a game of inches, and we're always going to magnify that because that's what it's going to come down to, wins and losses. 
Jaron McVay at number 42, the defensive back for Baylor on that play, Ike. So we got to give credit where credit is due. And just, oh, man, like just a terrific finish. And it it was very, very exciting. Uh, But again, former walk-on player. Ike, one other observation before we get to Steelers and Vikings, which is the Thursday night game this Mm -hmm. week. I want to thank you for lending me your psychic abilities now that the Oklahoma Sooners have hired Brett Venables away from the Clemson Tigers. Thank you, Ike Taylor. I appreciate you. No, you were spot on on that one, bro. We talked about that earlier during the week, and we got to make sure um, we we start putting a lot of this stuff out on the podcast because a lot of things between you and I, what we'd be saying, it really be happening in real life. And so we just got to – I don't mean to toot our own horns, but people kind of see what we're talking about. And we don't miss too many times. You know what I'm saying? You you hit on this Brett. You hit on this uh, Coach Brett from Clemson going to Oklahoma just as well as you talking. I thought you was crazy during the summertime when you said, you know, Aaron Rodgers might have a shot on being a Pittsburgh Steelers. So, Mark, you've been hitting on the head. You've been hitting it on the head for a few topics, and you've been 100% right. We just got to start pushing that out more because, man, you're on fire right now, and you need to get out of my head, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, I know the Sooners fans appreciated it, too, because when I put the clip out there, it was just like this just makes too much sense not to go after Brent Venables with every resource that you have, especially considering. Sooners are moving to the SEC in 2025. You're going to have to play some defense. I know the Sooners have had a high-flying offense the last several years with Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, and company. You've got to play some defense once you get into the best conference in the land. And so to me, it was just like, let's put two and two together. He has previous ties to Oklahoma as well. Let's fortify that defense. And then once we move to the SEC where the grass is greener, the girls are prettier and the sky is bluer. I, I mean, that's just how it is in the SEC conference. So that's how I saw that playing out. No, they're getting, they're getting exactly what they missed and exactly what one of them championships back in the day, and that was defense. And, you know, you was right between, you know, Baker and Kyle Lamar and those guys. He's been having some Heisman Trophy guys, and they've been putting up points, but they haven't been stopping nobody when it comes down to, on the defensive side. So now they're going. it's going to be total opposite. They're going to be putting up a lot of points and they're going to be stopping a lot of the guys because their head coach is so defensive-minded and he's been doing a great job at Clemson for the past 10, 12 years. All right, Ike, week 14, and it's coming at us sooner than normal because the Steelers are playing on Thursday night against the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings coming off that loss to the Lions. And so I kind of wish they had hung out against Detroit because I think they're going to be very frustrated and upset now. Dalvin Cook will not play with that shoulder injury. The Vikings at home are a three-point favorite, which I've told people this all year long. Three points at home usually means that odds makers see the two teams as relatively even. Uh, Over under at 44 and a half, Ike, we usually do our score predictions for a Friday episode, but we're going to be recording Friday this week after the Thursday night game. So Ike Taylor, week 14 Steelers at Vikings. Give me a score prediction for that one. 24-21, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, T.J. Watt is healthy. You see what T.J. Watt can do. T.J. Watt has 16 and a half sacks in 10 games. You know what T.J. is. Got Cam up in the middle. So this defense is looking like the defense they need to look like when it comes down with playoff pride and being where they need to be and making plays. Uh, Minka, Minka Fitzpatrick starting to get hot. He had another interception against the Baltimore Ravens last night. So this is the defense I, I, I want to see. This is the defense what I thought 
it, it, it should be. So I like TJ Watt coming off the edge. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with the Pittsburgh Steelers because you know uh, he how you like <laughs> what Kirk Cousins said. How you, you like, like that me now? How you, no, like you like that? Yeah, you like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You like that, don't you? You got done right. I like TJ Watt coming off the edge and sacking your butt. Taste of his own medicine, Ike. Yes, sir. TJ Watt set uh, it tied the Steelers single get a single season record with your former teammate Ike James Harrison, the defensive player of the year in two thousand eight. So he's done that in ten games. I understand it's a different league; it's more of a passing league now. But doing Crazy. that in ten games, it's like. I can't help but wonder one thing, you know, I want to make sure I state this for the record too, Ike. Um, I would expect records to be broken single season records, mm-hmm. considering that we've expanded to an additional game. I, I kind mm-hmm. of liken it to we're back in the day. I want to say this happened in the eighties. You, you can look this up when the, the league went from a 14 game regular season to a 16 game regular season. And before that, I believe it was like a 12 game back when like Jim Brown played. So it used to be, you know, from an offensive standpoint, and a thousand yard season used to mean a little bit more because you had fewer games. I would sure. expect single season records to be broken. What I'm kind of more curious about, and this is the nerd in me coming out now, and our listeners and viewers, please bear with me here. But what I'd be more interested in seeing is our records broken at a, a more quick, at a quicker rate, or say in a 16 game season. What's Watt's sack total uh, in 16 games versus that additional game? So I am expecting some of these records to be broken because each team has one additional game now. So I just want to state that, but, you know, tying that record and only 10 games played because Watt's been out with lower body injuries. I mean, the fact that the Steelers got him back for this game was remarkable because we didn't expect him to play with uh, the fact that the Steelers put him uh, on their COVID list. So the fact that he was able to test negative twice and actually play on Sunday, I mean, without Watts efforts, I, I don't know if they beat the Ravens. Yeah. I mean, that, that just letting you know how White feel about in the magnitude um, against the AFC North divisional opponent. You know, I'm sure White had a lot to do with making sure he got himself back in position to play against the Baltimore Ravens. So just a huge uh, kudos a big shout out to not only the medical staff for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but TJ Watt being a professional and putting his body in and doing everything he needs to do to come up with the two negative tests and put himself in position to be able to play against the Baltimore Ravens coming off that COVID, uh, COVID-19 list. Ike, I'm going to take the Steelers against the Vikings as well, 24 to 20. This isn't a good thing. You should be fading my picks my picks, if you go back and watch week by week, I, we haven't been tracking it. And the reason we haven't tracked it, I've been off all year long. So, like, I was going to ask you, should I pick against the Steelers? Because then you can fade my pick. And that fading me has been the strategy this year. But I see it 24 to 20, Ike. Should I change the score for the Steelers' sake? No, we just off by a point. I said 24 to 21. You said right. 24. By the end of the I, day, I, I, just... I wrote this down in advance of the show. I promise you I didn't. I didn't. Okay. Just copy you. I promise you that. But okay. Ike, this is always the best. Um, <laughs> you derailed me a few times today, and kudos to you for that. This is why you're the best, Ike Taylor. I want to give a shout out to the Believe Podcast Network, the folks, mm-hmm. our producers over at Brinks TV, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, and their team over there. Today's sponsors, Bet Online and Lightbox. And I want to thank the viewers and the listeners of the Believe in Steelers podcast.
piggybacking off of everything Mark said. So whatever Mark said, man, I second that. Yes, sir. And Ike, Howard G. Cigars. Check out Ike on Instagram. We always leave his social media information in the show notes. So check that out there. Ike, how much longer are you going to be in Pittsburgh before we sign off here? I leave tomorrow morning. Um, we came up. We went to uh, Smokestack, a little hole in the wall spot, man. They, they was one of the first to put our lines in Pittsburgh. Um, then Rocky Patel, Rocky Patel Burns. And we got a few other spots in Pittsburgh, man. So we're just really networking me and Howard G. We really, really networking. What I did know is, you know, uh, Pennsylvania, just as a state, probably sell the most tobacco in the world. Pittsburgh alone probably is uh, the top five that, that sells cigars. And it's something I didn't know until I started getting to this cigar industry and the cigar business. So right now, man, we just, so uh, as we call it, slinging cigars, Mark. <laughs> Check out Howard G Cigars and the one of a kind line. I enjoy the rest of your time in the 412 and I'll go ahead and sign off for the both of us here. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We will see you Friday following the Thursday night game between the Vikings and the Steelers. Until then, take care and so long, everybody. Peace. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.